Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Somebody give him the high praise. felt like God embraced us a little while ago. I just felt like big arms reached around me and pulled me close. Said, you're mine. Amen. Aren't you glad you're the Lord's? Oh, thank you, Lord, for caring for my soul and keeping your hand on me. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. So good to see all of you. Amen. Shannon, it's so good to see you today. Amen. God bless you. Smile at somebody next to you and say, you look better. Amen. You look better. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I've read about a little boy that was standing in the foyer one day looking at this plaque that was on the wall, studying it very intently. And the pastor walked out and saw him. He said, son, what, what, what's, what's the matter? He said, what is this up here? What does this mean? He said, oh, son, that's the men and women that have died in service. got a stern look on his face. He said, was that AM or PM? (laughs) I hope nobody dies around here physically, but I do hope we die to some stuff spiritually today. Amen. For a few moments, if you will, turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 16. I'll have to tell you this has been an arduous journey of coming to this point. I think I wrestled with the Lord off and on all night last night trying to figure out what he was trying to say to me. And I guess my head is a little too thick sometimes for God to really get through to me. And finally this morning he He began to speak to me in a way that I feel like will be helpful to you. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 1, Genesis chapter 16, and it reads like this. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. Sarai said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, After Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan and gave her to her husband, Abram, to be his wife. And he went in unto her, or into Hagar, and she conceived. And when 
she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Sarah, I said unto Abram, my wrong be upon thee. My wrong be upon thee. I have given my maid into thy bosom, and when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. And the Lord judged between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarah, I behold, thy maid is in thy hand, do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. This is one of the anomalies of faith that happens in life at times. A contradiction that is inserted into the storyline of Abraham. And yet, it speaks so powerfully of what we often deal with in our journey with God. I want to talk to you this morning about frustration. Amen. Say it with me. Frustration. Say it one more time. Frustration. God bless you. You may be seated. The story of Abram, as he is known at this time, and Sarai, and Hagar, that unfolds in this chapter, is a strange contradiction to a man's faith. Perhaps it is the same struggle that you and I deal with on a daily basis when our, when the facts of our life do not measure up to the promises that God has given to us. God had made great promises to Abram and to Sarai, and yet to this point in their life, there had been no fulfillment of that promise. And so faith is now in conflict with the facts. She's barren. She has not been able to have children. The promise of God was long in coming. They had now been, according to what our text said, in the land of the promise for ten years. And nothing had happened. Nothing had taken place. Nothing to even give evidence that God's promises were coming to pass. Then comes in to the picture the handmaiden named Hagar. When I was reading this and looking at it, I <clears throat> I had to stop and ask myself, where did Hagar come from? Where did <clears throat> Hagar slip into this family of Abraham and Sarah? And you have to go back a few years to a sojourn they made into Egypt during famine. After they had been called out of the land of Ur and they had been called to follow God and 
God unrolled his promises to Abram and gave him all of the things that were going to happen. A famine came in the land where they were at, and so they retreated to Egypt. And it was there that they picked up Hagar. Some historians say that Hagar was in fact Pharaoh's daughter. And she had so fallen in love with Rebecca or or with Sarah and her beauty that she would not want to go anywhere without her. And so she submitted herself uh, to, to becoming her handmaid. And she came out of Egypt with her. When I thought about that, I, I had to stop and consider the fact that they had picked up something in Egypt that was going to be a thorn in their side and in ours to this very day. you got to be careful in life the things that you pick up and accumulate as you go along. Because sometimes what may seem to be innocent and nothing other than just a positive addition to life can turn and become everything but that. And we can pick up things in our journey in life that will be a point of trouble to us for years to come. So it was with Abram and Sarah. Their patience was being tested as they waited and waited and waited. And they had become, in fact, frustrated with God. Frustrated with God's plan and God's purpose and God's timing and all of that. Things were not working as they should and in their, in their frustration and weariness, they tried to help God fulfill the promise. They tried to help God in his plan. And so Sarah gave her handmaiden to Abraham to try and produce a child of promise since the promised child had not been given. And how often we get into trouble when we try to produce in the flesh what can only be done in the spirit. And we do it out of our frustration. How many times in our human limitations and our stretched nerves and our frayed emotions that out of our frustration we try to produce something in our life or in our hopes of a better life that is really nothing more than a work of our own flesh. And so Sarah and Abraham did just that. Something that had been divinely given with trying to be made by human and earthly means. How often do we create in our frustrations, problems that will trouble us for time to come. And none of us can say that we have never been without frustration because all of us are human and life has a way of trying us. 
But how many times, like Abram and Sarai, do we create in our frustrations or out of our frustrations, we create something that will trouble us for days and years to come. Our frustrations not only affect us, but in some way we wind up hurting other people in our frustration. The Bible said that Sarai gave Hagar to Abram, but when when she conceived, then she despised her for being able to conceive while she was still barren and the Bible said she mistreated her. I just wonder sometimes how many people in my life I have mistreated because I was frustrated at how God was working something out or wasn't working something out in my life. I wonder how many people I've hurt or I'm hurting even now because I'm operating from a stance of frustration. I'm aggravated that things are not working that things are not going as they ought to, that all that God has promised and all that's been spoken into my life and over my life, all of that seems to be a contradiction right now. And in my effort to help God, I create problems for myself that will go a long way in pressing me to my limits. And sometimes I wind up hurting the people that are around me. How often my frustrations drive my actions. The way that I treat people, the way that I talk to people, the way that I respond to people. All of it goes back to the root of my frustration. We get frustrated at God's plan because God's plans are hard to understand. The Bible said his ways are high above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. And as hard as we try and as diligent as we are in trying to understand God's plan for our life, sometimes it is just too hard to understand. God, how could this be your plan For me, and I am in the condition that I'm in right now. How could I be blessed and be in the mess that I'm in right now? Amen. And I know you probably have never had that problem before. But I've had problems with God's plans. They don't make sense. I mean... Abraham's getting older. And Sarah's getting older. God, you would think that something ought to start happening here before too long. But you know what I figured out about God? God has to wait until everything in me dies that could produce it in itself. 
so that what God does in my life is truly a work of His hand. And the reason God could not bring that promised child at this point is because surely as much as they are seen to pry at this moment to try to, to, to pry into God's plan and say, God, we need to help you along. He understood that if, if anything else were to happen, they would do the same thing. They would take credit for it. And God said, I'm just going to wait until you're so dead that there wouldn't be any chance of life coming out of you. And then I'm going to bring life out of you. I don't understand that. That's contradictory to the way that I think. I think God ought to bless me now. I'm trying. I'm praying. I'm serving him. I'm doing everything. I'm diligent. I'm being faithful. I'm following everything that he spoke to me. Abraham said, I've not missed. I'm not, I've not deviated one thing from those things that you told me to do. I've followed you, God. And, and yet your promises, your, I don't understand how you work things out, God. I don't understand how your plans work. And how many times in my life and how many times in your life have we got in a bad place because we question God's plans? Somebody's there right now because God's plans are so slow in unfolding. It's like God will never bring it. It's never going to change. Things are never going to get better. I'm never going to see the light of day. It's never going to shine. The sun's never going to shine again. And we get in this thinking. And and, and if we're not careful, something begins to grow inside of us. And it's not faith. It's not confidence in God. But it's frustration with God because he is not working things out the way we thought they ought to be worked out. How many of us understand the plan of God? None of us. It's too deep a mystery. And yet he calls us to live that. He, he calls us to, to live in that. And the only thing I can tell you that works is you just have to have faith that God knows what he's doing and God is still in control. And that's all God was wanting out of Abraham and Sarah. You just trust me. Not time, but my time. Not your calendar, but my plan. I would like things to happen so much quicker. I, I, I wish I could just snap my fingers and we would be in that new building. I'm tired of all the frustrations we've had to go through. I'm tired of dealing with not-headed people at the city, as my wife called them. I'm, I'm tired of all of the delays, and sometimes I have to get down before God and say, God, you need to correct what's wrong in me, because if you don't fix this in me, I'm fixing to lash out at somebody. I'm, I'm going to hurt somebody. Amen. Say it's not so. How many wives have hurt their husbands because they were frustrated with them? How many, and the reverse of that, how many husbands have frustrated, out of frustration have hurt their wife or their wife has hurt them because things were not going the way they ought to go or they wanted them to go. We get frustrated by the plans of God. He's just... How he decides to work it out. Why do you take us through a wilderness? 
Why through a desert? Why 40 years when we could go straight that way about 40 days and we would be in the promised land? Why, God, have you taken us through this long, arduous? Why are we on this road that we're on today? And God said, that's all right. You just trust me. I know what I'm doing and I know where I'm going. You see, there's some things I got to work out of you and I couldn't do it in 40 days. It's going to take a little longer than that. Isn't it amazing that as big and great as God is, it takes him a long time to work some stuff out of us. And it's not God's fault. God could do it in a moment, but it's our fault because we hold on to it. And we say, oh, no, God, you can't have that. Oh, no, God, that's not a problem. Oh, no, God, I can handle that. And God said, no, you can't handle that. And so he just keeps taking us around that mountain and through this wilderness until he can get out of us all of that stuff that we depend on so that when we come to that point, we are trusting completely and totally in him. Sarah had become frustrated at God's pace. God's slow. He's slow. He He's slow to work sometimes. Now, I know there are instantaneous miracles, but I'll be honest with you. I've seen very few instantaneous anything in my spiritual journey. It's always had time involved in it because I couldn't appreciate it. And I wouldn't appreciate it if God had done it any other way. So God puts it on a time and he slows the pace down. Not because he can't do it, but because I'm not ready for it. There's some things that God could do right now that he's promised you in your life. And people have prophesied over your life that if God were to give it all to you right now, you would choke on it and drown. And you wouldn't even be here another month from now. But God slows the pace of dispensing those things so that when he does pour it out in your life you can handle it and you can live and not die you can stay faithful to God and not stumble in your way praise God timing with God is so critical timing with God is everything but his timing doesn't work with mine And so we get frustrated at the pace of God. I will have to tell you that perhaps what I'm preaching this morning is is more to myself than you. But I get weary with how slow things unfold. Amen. I want it to happen quickly. Amen. I want it to happen right now. I want the answer today. Amen. How many of you praying for God to give you an answer and you're just wondering why he's taking so long to get back to you? Yeah. And you think God didn't hear you, so you say it a little louder. Hey, God, it's me. Amen. But we get frustrated with the pace of God. And when that happens... Something happens to our faith. Faith gets booted out the door. And fear comes in its place. And then we begin to operate from a position of fear, not faith. When when we let frustration stay too long, and we allow it to work too much in us, It's not long until it has pushed our faith out the door 
And in its place has come this overwhelming fear. Fear is to faith what water is to fire. It'll put it out as sure as I'm standing here today. I've never seen a frustrated person be a faith-filled person. They do not have the ability to reside in the same household. If frustration is there, faith will not be there because they cannot operate in the same household. And so now, instead of their faith working, instead of their faith leading them, instead of their faith directing them, their frustrations were leading them. And so they come up with this, this plan, this machination of their own. Well, we'll just, we'll, we'll help God out. Come on, Hagar. You, 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 you can go in and you can become a wife of my husband and we'll see if that works and see if God would bless us in that way. And God, God gave her a child, but it wasn't a promise. Amen. Frustration. How many of us are dealing with it right now? We don't understand why we are where we are. Why we're having to go through what we're going through. Why we're dealing with the things we're dealing. Why at this stage in my life? Why now am I, why am I now a single person? Or why am I now a, a divorced person? Or why am I now in this place on my job? Why am I now facing these problems with my health? Why am I now struggling with these things in my spirit? Why am I now having the worst battle of my life? I didn't have this kind of battle when I was in my 30s, but now that I'm in my 50s or 60s, I'm battling things now that I never had to battle. Why, God? And we do not understand how God works things out in our life. And instead of us just trusting Him and say, God, I don't understand you, but I don't think you really always need me to understand you. You just need me to trust you that you're going to do the right thing, that you're going to bring it to pass, and you will fulfill every promise. You'll dot every I, you'll cross every T in your time. Amen. Amen. So what happens when we get frustrated? When we get frustrated, we become more focused of what's not working and what has failed than what is working. It's amazing. I I had to go back. You, You need to go back and do it yourself. But if you start in chapter 12 where God called Abram out of his land of lineage and called him to the promised land, God begins to speak into his life the promises. Chapter 12, verse 1 said, Now the Lord hath said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now I want you to notice the things that God promised him. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse them that curse thee. And in 
thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, if my understanding, the point of contention in chapter 16 has to do with one of those promises. And that was he would make him a great nation. How can you make a great nation out of me when I have no child? And yet all of those other promises were still active and they were being fulfilled. Because if you go on over and you read in the next few chapters, you find things like this in chapter 15. And after these things, the word of the Lord came into Abraham in a vision and saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels and shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth and abroad, and he saith, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars if thou shalt be able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord and he committed it or counted it to him for righteousness. Again, God reiterates the blessings and they were evident because if you read on, you find that there was plenty, that, that God had blessed him bountifully. I, I want to go back over to chapter 14. He said uh, uh, down... At, uh, verse number 13, this is when Sot Lot ha- had separated from, from Abram after there had been contention over the fact that they were too blessed. Go back to 13 and, and read the first few chat verses and you find that they were blessed and they had been so blessed that their cattle had, had grown and their possessions had grown that they couldn't even inhabit the same area. And so Lot had to separate himself. And once he did, God said, all right, Abraham, I want you to come out here and look. And as far as you can see anyway, I'm going to bless you everywhere you walk. I'm going to bless you and give that to you. And I'm going to bless you in such a way that you cannot imagine. And so the lot goes off. He gets involved in a skirmish with some kings and he gets taken captive and Abraham finds out about it. And listen to what Abraham is able to do now. He didn't start out this way. This wasn't how he came out of Ur. But now these 10 years later, he is at a place and the Bible said, and there came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre and the Amorite, the brother of Eschol and brother of Aner. And these were confederate or these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318 and pursued them. Now all the time, Abram and Sarah were stressing out over the fact that they didn't have a seed. 
God was blessing all the other seed in their household. So that now when war came, they had 318 armed men that were able to go and fight. But here's what happened. When you and I get frustrated with God, we lose focus on what's working. We lose focus on what God's already done. And all that we see is what's not working. I want to tell somebody right now, you need to get your eyes off of what's not right in your life right now and just look around for a moment and realize what all is right about your life. Number one, you're in the house of God today. Number two, you're still breathing. Number three, you're still in your right mind. Number four, you have clothes on your back. Number five, you had a way to get to church this morning. So instead of getting aggravated about what God is not doing, why don't you learn to rejoice in what God is doing? God is blessing in ways that I can't understand, in means that I don't comprehend, but God is blessing me. Amen. Amen. When we get frustrated, we become focused on what's not working. And we fail to see what is working. The old song says, count your blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Why did that writer, why was he inspired to say it like that? Because he knew us. That when we're really frustrated, we don't want somebody telling us. So, and if we do stop to count, we just count 20, 30, 40, 60, 80. He said, no, 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 no. Don't count by tens. Don't count by hundreds. I want you to name one by one. I wonder what would happen if people in this building right now would just stop and, and 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 push that frustration out the front door and just start thinking and start naming one by one what I have, what I possess, what I have the privilege of doing, what God has given me the opportunity. I've got a better job. I'm in a better house. I drive a better car. I may not have some other things that I need, but I have so much right now to be thankful for that I have a feeling that if I would just start thanking him for what he's already given me, he will take care of what's not there and he will bring it to pass when the time is right and when that moment is correct, God will bring it to pass. If we're not careful, we go through life so jaded that all we see is what's wrong. All the people that don't like us. You know what? That's amazing to me. People on Facebook, I understand they have this thumbs up, thumbs down business. That means they like it or they don't like it. And I've I've seen people that have 10 jillion thumbs up and 10 thumbs down, and they go to seed over those 10 people that are thumbs. Who cares? Who cares? But you know what? There are people sitting in this place right now that is frustrated because of one or two 
irritating things in your life. And you have let it sap your joy. You've let it sap your smile. You've let it take away your strength. You've let it take away your courage. You feel beaten. You feel beaten down. You feel like you're a loser. You feel like God's never going to bless you. And all the time God's blessed you, you just haven't seen what God has blessed you with. Hey, Abraham, you didn't have those 318 men when you came out of Ur, but you got them now. That's because God's been good to you. And though he hasn't given you a son, he's given you enough other thing to let you know that a son is not going to be a problem either if you'll just give him the time to work it out in his way. Come on, clap your hands to him and give him praise right now. This is what I wrote down. I want to learn how to appreciate what I have until I get what I want. Or what's been promised. Amen. When we're frustrated, we tend to focus on what we can't do. And not on what God can do. Go back and read the story. Sarah was focused on what she could not do. I cannot produce a child. And then she blamed her husband for it. That's what happens. We blame other people when we get frustrated because of what's wrong in us. And he, she said, you, after she gave Hagar and Hagar bore a child or, or became pregnant with a child, she said, now you caused all this. That's what, that's how stupid, that's how irrational frustration is. We give somebody something, they get happy, then we get mad because they're happy. They don't deserve to be happy because we're still miserable. And Sarah had become so focused on what, what she couldn't do that she failed to realize that if you'll just trust him, His promises are yea and amen. Amen. Focus on what you can do, not on what you can't do. Amen. You may not be able to reconcile a a relationship. Put that in the hands of God. Do what you can do. You may not be able to fix that problem. Forget about it. Leave it in the hands of God and do what you can do. Love everybody else. Amen. Even if you have to love them at a distance. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. Some people like prickly pears. You have to love them carefully, but love them anyway. Amen. Focus on what you can do. Not what you can't do. Because frustration will cause you to do that. I'm going to tell somebody this right now, and I don't, I, I don't have this. This is not in my notes, but I feel impressed of the Holy Ghost. That if you don't stop trying to make something happen and let God be God and let Him make it happen, 
You're not only going to hurt yourself, but you're going to hurt everybody that's around you that loves you. You will make yourself a pariah. You will put yourself in a place that nobody will want to be around you. You know what? I can't fix them, but I can work on me. Amen. I wish they would be different. I wish they'd change. I wish they'd pray through. I wish I could lay hands on. I wish I could pour a whole bottle of oil on their head and pray for them. But since I can't do that to them, I'm going to do it to myself. I'm going to just pour that bottle on my head, lay my hand on my head and say, in the name of Jesus, Lord, put this man in his place. Help me to not be so blind that I can't see what you're doing in my life right now. Don't let me get so frustrated at your timing or in your plan or how you do things that I cannot see that you are working. It may not be in the realm that I want you to work, but you are working. God, help me anoint me, my eyes with, 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 with eyes have so that I can see the things that I need to see and quit worrying about the things that I don't need to worry about and leave them in your hands to take care of it. Come on, clap your hands and praise Him. Hallelujah. Let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Frustration will steal your praise. I'm telling you it will. And it will replace it with complaint. And I just want you to take a moment, do a quick inventory. What have you been doing the most lately? What are you doing the most lately? Complaining or praising? Amen. You know what, I don't. I don't like how slow life is sometimes in unfolding. I don't, I'm very impatient. If you hadn't figured that out, amen. Just ride with me. You'll find out how impatient I am. Life would be fine if there weren't so many jerks around. You know what? God's been trying to help me understand that the jerks don't have to go away for you to become what I need you to become. You need to get your eyes off of them and get your eyes on me and stay focused on me and look around at what I've already done. Look at where I brought you. Look at where I've put you. You say, but Brother Hughes, I want this so bad. So do I. And you know what? Until God brings that to pass, I'm going to trust Him that He's still working because I see evidence in it in my life. I'm here. I could have lost my mind, but I didn't. I could have taken my life, but I didn't. I could have given up and walked away, but I didn't. I could have let go, but I didn't. I could have cashed in, but I didn't. I'm battered, I'm bruised, I'm hurt, I'm confused, and I don't fully understand. But I'm still here. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
And so what I need to do right now, just stop and take a look around my life and start naming one by one. Blessing here, blessing there, blessing here, blessing there, blessing here, blessing there. God, I didn't even know, I didn't realize that was there. I didn't know you'd even done that. You see, sometimes things happen in our life. We don't even realize God's put it there until a crisis comes and Abraham was forced to call all of his men together. He looked at man, where'd these guys come from? They came from God's blessings on you, Abraham. Amen. If God could do that, don't worry about your future. Amen. Amen. This is what I need to tell somebody here. Don't mistake being tired in the work. Or being tired of the work. We are tired. We do get weary. But I find strength in Him. And I felt it this morning. I felt that embrace. I felt like God just reached out and pulled some of us close to Him this morning. And said, I see you. I know where you're at. I know what you're dealing with. I'm here to help you. I'm your shield. I'm your protector. I'm your reward. But don't get tired of the work. Because when you get tired of the work, you get frustrated. And when you get frustrated, you hurt people. You make mistakes that will haunt you for a long time to come. Best thing to do is just stop for a moment and count your blessings. Amen. You know what? God has been good to me. Amen. He's been better to me than I deserve. Because I know me. I know where I've failed. And yet God just, this is done. That's done. This is here. That's there. I wonder what would happen right now if some of you would get your eyes off of what's wrong in your life. Start looking around at what's right. You're in the right place. You're worshiping the right one. You're going in the right direction. Amen. God, I'm going to rejoice in that today. Until you give me further revelation or better understanding, I think I'm just going to spend a little time and I'm just going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to joy in the God of my salvation. Would somebody do that with me right now? Come on, lift your voice to Him right now. I will always. Yes. Sunshine or sorrow, pain, whatever it is that you're going through, God knows.